Good morning. Welcome to the name of Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. Welcome to you all of you online. Also, this is the fifth Sunday of Lent. It is technically the last Sunday in Lent because next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and that begins Holy Week. And so this coming Wednesday is our last Wednesday Lenten service also, so let's all join together for, for that as we see where it takes us. So this morning, we're going to be looking at our Old Testament from Ezekiel. We're going to be talking about old, dry bones today. And I'm not pointing fingers at any of you. Huh? Okay. But if it fits, then okay, you take it to heart. Right? And we talk about old bones and see how that really applies to us today. That. And as always, we hope as we hear God's word through our liturgy, through the hymns we sing today and the songs, um, that, that you're blessed, that our faith gets strengthened so we can answer the call that God calls us all to do, to share him with our world. Our opening hymn is, is, is hymn number 544 in our hymnal. It's, O Love, How Deep. And on verse 7, we'll, we'll rise. We're singing in the final verse.
Please rise. It's a long-standing tradition in the world of the theater that when a players, when players in a drama or a musical are replaced for a given performance, the name of the substitute is given or inserted into the program or the playbill. It's appropriate that the hard work of an understudy be noted and those attending the event. In the weeks of Lent, we focus on the truth that Jesus Christ was and is our substitute, fulfilling the law of God for us and ultimately paying the price for your sin and mine. He is much more than any kind of understudy. He is our Lord, who is willingly takes our place and endures our punishment and in gratitude, you and I are drawn to the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. They feast on the abundance of your house. For with you is the fountain of life. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, your Son. Humble yourselves before God. Confess your sins to him and implore his forgiveness. God be gracious to you and strengthen your faith in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ. I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. God in peace. Many of the Lenten hymns that we sing bring us to the foot of the cross in thoughtful devotion. In the Lenten hymn, O Perfect Life of Love, author Henry Baker, a gifted English hymn writer, calls out to Christ on the cross with the words, O all atoning sacrifice, I cling by faith to thee. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus finished the work for which he had come into the world and made the ultimate sacrifice for us. 
gratefully we sing of his loving grace in the words of O Perfect Life of Love, hymn 452. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Holy Spirit, you are a gift and a blessing. You call us from death and despair to faith and faithfulness and ensure of resurrection and life in Christ who has brought about our atonement. Enlighten our hearts that we may rejoice in the power and blessing of your presence in and among us. This we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Father are one God, world without end. Please be seated. Good morning. The Old Testament reading is found in Ezekiel chapter 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, 
And he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. Now I will lay sinews upon you, and will, cast, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. You shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. There was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath. Prophecy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your grave. Graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, now we will read Psalm 130 responsibly. O Israel, hope in the Lord. With the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than a watchman for the morning. More than watchman for the morning. And he will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Father, Son, Now. 
in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. Now we'll hear the epistle found in Romans chapter 8, 1 through 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done with what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. We walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Well, the gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Now a certain man was ill. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, 
Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, The brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came, excuse me, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Please be seated. Do you have any children that would like to come up for a children's message this morning? Okay. All awake? Had a great morning? Had breakfast already? Okay. So how many of you have seen the the movie, either the cartoon or the other movie of uh, The Lion King? Anybody see that? No? Well, I've seen that one. Okay. So do you remember in that in that uh, in, in the movie at some point then Simba is in this, he's gone off and he's in this area and, and all around him are bones. Do you remember that scene? They're bones of a whole bunch of dead animals, right? And they've been there a long time. It's kind of a scary scene in that movie. But I want to take you, once you get use your imagination, and we're going to go to a place with a lot of dry bones. If you heard in the, in the Old Testament lesson uh, that Merle read for us uh, this morning, there's a guy, he wasn't called Simba, he was called Ezekiel. He did awesome. And uh, Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and God took him to this place, and there were all these dead bones. And Ezekiel's kind of like, uh, why am I here? And this is kind of a scary place to be. You know, kind of like what Simba did in, in the movie. So Ezekiel is questioning God why he's here, and then God simply says to him, and, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but he says, I want you to, t- to talk to these bones. Now, you guys ever seen bones anywhere? Do you talk to bones? Can bones talk back to us? No, right? It's not, that's not normal. And Ezekiel's kind of like, uh, God, you take over. And God said, no, speak to these bones. And so what God was doing with these bones is he was speaking to Ezekiel, this, the spirit of God. And you know what happened to those bones? Did you listen to the reading? A really long reading this morning. And what happened? You remember? They came alive. Right? They got flesh like you and me and muscles and, and eyeballs back and mouth and ears and, and all that. And that's what Jesus does to you and me and, and all of them and everybody who's listening on us. So before we're even born, he breathes life, life into us. And then uh, as, as Iris was baptized last week, he breathed the spirit of God into us when we're all baptized and so that we can live. And then he has a couple of instructions for us. You know what those instructions are? So like Ezekiel, he says, go tell. So he tells us all to go tell. What are we supposed to tell? About Jesus, yeah. Right? And that is the most important thing that he tells us to do, is to go and tell about Jesus. So I'm going to pretend that God is speaking to you guys right now. And he says, okay, today I want you to go and tell about Jesus. Can you guys do that? Even if it's just telling your family, right? Mom, dad, brothers, sisters about Jesus. Because we need to hear about it all the time. I need to hear about it all the time. You guys can come and tell me about Jesus all the time. Okay? Let's have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Ezekiel 
speak your word to the dry bones. To the dry bones. Thank you for breathing into us life and everlasting life. All in the name of Jesus. Send us out now to tell others. In Jesus' name, amen.
grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our text uh, this morning comes from the Old Testament lesson that Merle read for us from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. So just four months ago, we celebrated Thanksgiving. And for most of us, we had turkeys on our tables. And by the end of the day, for some of you, if you had a large crowd, those turkeys might have been picked clean. Can you imagine going over to those bones just before you threw them into the garbage can and said, Thus says the Lord God that these bones I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. My guess is your family and friends would have probably thought you had a little bit too much wine with your dinner. Ezekiel was faced with a similar hopeless situation when he was called by the Lord to stand in the valley of old dry bones. The implications of Ezekiel's words and actions speak powerfully to us as we face the challenges of life and endure some seemingly hopeless situations. The people of Israel lament. They say that they are like dry old bones and that their hope is lost. Listen to their cry in verse 11 of our text. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost and we are indeed cut off. A lament is different than simply complaining. The Psalms are full of laments. Psalm 22 is a classic example. Example, Verse 2 says, Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Verse 6, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. And many of you, if not all of you, know that Jesus quoted from Psalm 22 on the cross. And it's often used to describe his suffering. Verse 1 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then at the end of the psalm, there is a proclamation of faith. Faith in our God. Verse 22 says, I will tell you of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Verse 23, you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all of you offspring of Israel. A lament is a crying out to God, asking God to intervene and to correct the situation of your life. Complaining is merely simply grumbling or grousing that something is in our lives isn't what we want it to be. We may not like our boss, or it may be too hot or too cold. We don't really look to the Lord to intervene on on our behalf in those situations. We simply want to let everyone know that life isn't what we deserve, and thus we complain. But the Lord heard the lament of the people of Israel, and the Lord brought Ezekiel to an old battlefield. And in those days, it was the practice at the time for the winning army to, army to remove all the valuables and then to leave the bodies stripped down for all the scavengers to, to come. And eventually what would happen over the years, the flesh would be consumed and the bones would become bleached and decaying. In terms of a breeding area of life, 
it was simply hopeless. Yet, in a demonstration of how God was working in and through the nation of Israel, Ezekiel's words and actions proclaimed hope. It's interesting to me how the Lord acted to rescue his people. The Lord could have simply moved powerfully and brought the people back from Babylon to their homeland. But the Lord did not do this. At least not in the vision that Ezekiel had. The Lord simply tells Ezekiel to prophesy, to speak the word of God. And as people of God, it is important for you and me to connect ourselves to the word of God as we seek to live as his disciples today. We can do this by reading the Bible devotionally, Bible devotions, or studying it. Friends can share the Word of God with you and me, and we can do the same, and in so doing, encourage each other. We can hear the Word of God at this morning during worship service, through our daily devotions, and through prayer. It is the Word of God that inspires hope within you and me. It's the Word of God that empowers us to overcome and to endure. After Ezekiel proclaimed the Word of God, the Spirit moved. The Spirit brought the bones together and connected them with tendons and muscles, flesh and skin. The world that you and I live in is just as much as mess as it was when Ezekiel was around. And we will not change our situations dramatically by trying harder. It is simply only by the power of the Holy Spirit that your lives and mine and the world are changed. The Spirit, however, does move or does more than simply change your life, your situation, your circumstances, and your world. The Spirit also breathes into you and to me the breath of life. There is a movement from death to life for you and me. And this passage contains a hint of the Easter resurrection that we'll celebrate in just a couple of weeks. The resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God loves you so much, and he even loves our world so much, that he sent a Savior for us and for it in Jesus Christ. The purpose of God's action is not just simply an expression of his love for us, but it is also so that you and I and the people around us know that God is God. And isn't that the purpose of our life? In our words and in our actions, to have people see God's love, to see God's grace, and to know that God is God? Again, our purpose